got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be doing some technical analysis on Ethereum and Cardano because I am of the opinion that we are more than likely about to see a very large breakout on both of those cryptocurrencies, and we're also going to be talking about the U.S. federal government and how they are trying to get more involved in cryptocurrency by trying to raise funds through taxing cryptocurrency. We've got a lot of great segments lined up for you today, guys. We got a lot of interesting points that we want to go over. We want to talk about the role of the government in our society and why it is so important that we take back control of a lot of the power that the federal governments of the world have because a lot of the times they don't have our best interests at heart. We've got a great show lined up for you today. If you do enjoy it, make sure to smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. I am joined as always by Kind of Crypto Tim. What is up everybody? I am ready to go and I got nothing else to say. So, uh, Hello. Boom sauce. There you go. We're also joined, as always, by Smay, who is mute today. How are you doing, Smay? Mute. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. He said hi, everybody, guys. So wait, if wait, 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 I messed up. Messed up. Hi, everybody. Oh, oh my true. gosh. Follow why, me on Twitter. Why does my camera look like we're like colorizing old black and white footage? Is there something I wrong with the camera? Know. That's what I was thinking. I, I it, freaking why, why cord. You, why don't you entertain? The I am. I, I will entertain the guests while you look at the camera, guys. We have so many technical difficulties going on behind the scenes. It literally looks like a colorized version of I Love Lucy. That's what my camera looks like right now. But that's okay. We will spend some time down on the chart if we can go ahead and jump onto the chart, Smay. Sorry about that. I know you were up trying to fix that. Uh, give me one second. Oh, actually, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have to get the chart up. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. Okay, you can do it now. Oh. <laughs> what the heck? You're good. Oh, All right, guys. Gosh. So we're going to do some technical analysis on Ethereum to kick off the stream. That's one of the big things that I want to talk about today. We did a lot of Bitcoin technical analysis. I spent like 30 minutes on the Bitcoin chart yesterday. So guys, if you're interested in Bitcoin TA, make sure to go and watch the VOD. It is up on the channel. But today, I want to talk about Ethereum because I think there's some very important things happening on the Ethereum chart that you are going to want to be aware of. Let's go ahead and dive on to that. Bitcoin, excuse me, not Bitcoin, Ethereum was in a descending triangle pattern up until just a couple of days ago when we managed to actually break bullish out of it. Ever since then, Ethereum has been rallying, and in fact, we just hit a nine flash on the TD sequential for Ethereum. By the way, again, we're not covering Bitcoin today, but we did just hit a nine flash on Bitcoin's TD sequential. That's the exact thing that we said was going to happen. I told you guys yesterday that we need to consolidate below $40,000 and then we have a chance to blast off from $40,000 on Bitcoin. That is what is occurring. But over on Ethereum, we broke this downtrending level of resistance in a very strong way. In fact, when we broke above it, we rallied above resistance around $2,200, and we are currently sitting just below $2,400, which is a major level of resistance that Ethereum needs to break through. This level of $2,400 was set as resistance back on the 6th of July and also on the 4th of July, Independence Day. We also saw that there was quite a bit of trading going on around the lows here at $2,400 
$1,000 back in uh, around the 29th of May and the 13th of June. All of that trading put $2,400 on the map as a critical level of support and resistance. And even looking at the VPVR, we can see that a vast majority of trading has happened in between this $2,200 and $2,400 region over the last couple of months that we've been trading above $2,000. So $2,400 is the price to beat right now. And good news for anyone in Ethereum, we are currently in a short-term symmetrical triangle pattern. It's a triangle pattern because, well, it looks like a triangle. That's about the best way you can define that. And it's symmetrical because both trend lines are moving in opposite directions. It would be a wedge, an ascending wedge, if they were both moving in the same direction. And it would be a, a, a ascending triangle pattern or a descending triangle pattern if it looked like this and one of the lines was horizontal. So, like, this is a descending wedge right here. This is an ascending wedge right here. This is a falling wedge right here. And this is a rising wedge right here. But what we're seeing is this, the one in the middle, which is a symmetrical triangle pattern. So symmetrical triangle patterns have some very important properties to them, and they generally speaking will do one of two things. They will break up or they will break down. Generally speaking, the third option of the three moving sideways is normally not what's going to be picked. But of those two options, either a break to the upside or a break to the downside, one of those is more common, and that is that the market is more likely to break in the direction that the market moved into the pattern. So if we move moved bullish and to the upside into the symmetrical triangle pattern, we would be expecting to break bullish and move upwards outside of the symmetrical triangle pattern. How far, you might ask? I will tell you. Symmetrical triangle patterns generally have what is known as a price target based on what is known as their flagpole. If you look at this right here, this is also known as a pennant. If you've ever seen a flag that looks like a triangle, that's called a pennant. A flag is rectangular. A pennant is a triangle. So this is also known as a pennant. A pennant Obviously, since it's a type of a flag, needs a flagpole. If we draw our flagpole right here, what we do to get a price target for this uh, for this is to extrapolate based off of the breakout, which would put Ethereum trading all the way up to $2,900 on that price target. So that's what we're seeing from this symmetrical triangle pattern right now. We're seeing a $2,900 price target, but we need to look at more than just one pattern to substantiate a claim like that, because saying that Ethereum is going to rally to nearly $3,000 is a big claim to say we're going to move $600 to the upside, we need to be able to back that up. Now, a couple things about $2,900 that are interesting is that $2,900 was the exact level that we topped out at here on the 26th of May and on the 3rd of June. This level is very important because it's also very close to $3,000, which is what we call a big even. It's a nice, big, even, whole number. People like placing trades around big, even numbers like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, 15, 20, 25,000, 50,000. People like putting trades around numbers like that. So generally speaking, if someone is trying to sell and trying to take profits out of this market, they're probably going to put a trade uh, around $2,500, $2,750, $3,000, a big, whole, nice number like that. So $2,900 makes sense as a price target. It is a reasonable place to expect that Ethereum is going to go. And what I'm about to say is not technical, but it is uh, a part of the fundamentals of Ethereum. We're also expecting to see EIP-1559 coming out in uh, August the 4th is, I believe, the expected day of that. There's a certain number of block height that it is expected to roll out, and that hard fork is going to occur. But it's expected to happen around August the 4th. You guys know, because I've talked about this on the channel, I think what that's going to look like is a buy the rumor, sell the news event. I think we're going to see a lot of hype building up to the actual lo uh, launch and rollout of EIP-1559. And after it happens, we might see a small correction because all of the hype is now worth nothing because the event has already occurred. You know, hype after a video game launches is 
there, but it's not anywhere near as strong as it was before the game launched. Normally, it all builds up to a climax right at the launch, and that's what we might see happening here. The reason I bring that up is because any bullish technicals that we see right now could be compounded and exacerbated by the market sentiment, the number of people in the market being very excited about Ethereum and therefore buying it and adding buying pressure. So looking at the rest of the market, we can also see that Ethereum is bullish on the MACD, but we've just seen a color change on the histogram. This indicates that we want to see a little bit more sideways movement and that this might be a top. Now, I don't think we're topping out here. I don't think that's what's going to occur, but I do think we need to pay close attention to this because notice whenever the color changes here on the histogram, <clears throat> that is indicating that there is a, a divergence coming to the, histo the histogram on the MACD. MACD stands for Moving Average Convergence Divergence. The way you read this is by looking at these two lines, seeing if they're getting further apart or if they are coming closer together. Right now, we're starting to see these two lines switch from spreading out or diverging to converging. So we're seeing uh, uh, what is known as bearish uh, convergence on the MACD. So pay close attention to that. RSI sitting up around 60, so that's not too bad. Looking here at the daily chart, we can also see that there are two bottoms on the market sitting right around $1,790. This is what is known as a double bottom or a double bottom, depending on who you're asking. A double bottom is typically a very bullish thing. It indicates that we've tested resistance, excuse me, we've tested support and we've managed to hold it. The bulls are strong. We're confident. But what we still need to see and this is why this $2,400 level I was talking about is so important, is that this double bottom is only one piece of the puzzle. We want to make sure we don't double top here at $2,400, because if we do, then there's just as strong of an argument that we're going to go down. Right now, this double bottom gives us the argument we're going to go up, but if we double top, then it's the same thing in reverse, and it's giving us an argument we're going to go down. So we want to see Bit uh, Ethereum break through $2,400 here, because the way you define a trend is by looking at the highs and the lows. Are we seeing higher highs and higher lows or are we not? Are we seeing lower highs and lower lows? Right now, we are seeing sim uh, similar lows and similar highs, which means we're trading sideways. For us to start moving into an uptrend, we need to start seeing higher highs and higher lows. That's how we would define that we're in an uptrend. So I think I've made the case clear that we are in a very important decision phase for Ethereum. Let's go to chat and let's go to full screen and discuss this and kind of take a breather and just digest everything I just said, because I know that I can be one to throw a ton of technicals at you. And I want to make sure that I'm not uh, going too fast. So TLDR on what I am talking about here. Ethereum has a very strong level of resistance at $2,400. It is positioned where we would expect it to break $2,400. It needs to break $2,400. And fundamental and technical factors such as the double bottom on the technical side and such as uh, EIP-1559 launching in a few days mm -hmm. on the fundamental side are reasons why I believe that Ethereum is going to move to the upside and break north here. Tim, I know you've been doing some technical analysis on Ethereum as of late. What do you think is going to happen, buddy? I mean, honestly, that you, what you just said is the biggest thing that I've found as well. You know, seeing that W, you know, knowing the fundamental analysis of EIP-1559 coming out in, what is that, six days, six five days? days I think, like yeah, it's next Wednesday, I think. Yeah, no, literally, actually, yeah, uh, Wednesday next week, you're right. So six days from now. Um, it would make sense. Now, I, I'm in the same boat as you, I think, you know, or I think you said this earlier, uh, you know, 2,900, 
there's a chance that a wick bounces his head off there. I don't think that this is necessarily confirmation we're going to just get right up there. Sure. It could be. If we if we are truly in a place where we're resuming the bull run, then maybe that gets there. And, and then in that case, it would, I would also argue that's going to surpass that and keep mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, but... I think that there's I, I think we had a lot of momentum this week that's gonna take some a little bit of consolidation, as you said earlier, even about Bitcoin. Like mm-hmm. I think we're gonna break through that forty two as we should, but I don't know if it's gonna be like a runaway train that just goes ridiculous. Uh break through forty two? On Bitcoin. Oh, on Ethereum? No, no, on Bitcoin. Oh, on Bitcoin. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Uh no, so I'm I'm looking here a couple other things. Um by the way, guys, while he's looking at those couple of other things, if you're enjoying today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. We've got 1,700 people watching. We're very appreciative for everyone who has decided to take the time today to tune into the show. So if you're interested in uh, helping to support this channel and helping to support the show, check out that like button. It is in need of some clicks. Yeah, no, I mean, as far I'm looking to see if I see anything else that you have not mentioned already, and at this point, I do not. So I, I'm, right. I'm just in complete agreement with you on that. Cool. So, cool. Somebody yep. said that's a rocking hoodie, Tim. It is a, a good it's deal. A gator hoodie. Yeah. We are literally about a two-minute walk from UF, so we can. Well, we, I mean, we see Dan Mullen like yeah, we saw once Dan Mullen a week. yesterday. He, he goes to lunch. He eats lunch in the buildings. I mean, not every day, but sometimes in the building that we're in. Yep. there's a there's a restaurant on the bottom floor that he goes and eats lunch in. Yeah, no, so. our CFO Manny was kind of like nerding out there for a second. He was like, I gotta yes. take a picture. It was pretty funny, uh, guys. So that is what we wanted to cover on that. Are there any super chats yet that we should read? I, uh, I have don't not think seen so. Any, and I, don't I don't think, think so, exactly guys. If you have any questions that you want to make sure to get our attention, make sure to use that super chat button. That goes to funding space payroll because he uh gets all of those so not actually though i think that there's uh i think he i I, yeah anyway uh jokes aside i don't know where i was going with that that's okay guys what i want to see happen is you smashing that like button but what i also want to see happen is the federal government getting out of our business because as many of you guys know i'm not the biggest fan of the government not because i have a problem with the government per se but i have a problem with institutions and the government is just one major institution that have no incentives to cut costs and to be efficient. We have a government that brings in $3 trillion a year in tax revenue, not including all of the money that is brought in through printing. What we're about to talk about is $120 billion a month worth of quantitative easing the Fed says they're going to maintain, and they want to raise more money. They want to raise more money. How do you go from having a $3 trillion a year revenue and not... Look at how you can optimize and make yourself more efficient. It's because there's no incentives to make them do it. I'm a capitalist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And the way that I stay in business is not by raising the taxes on my citizens. It's not by printing money because I have access to the printers. It's by being more efficient with the money that I do have. Unfortunately, that's not the way our governments of the world work. And that's the point of this segment. We're going to talk about how cryptocurrency can help to put the power back in the hands of the people, which is where it belongs, a one in chat if you if that's something that you can agree with new infrastructure bill looks to raise 30 billion dollars through crypto taxes and by the way even before we get started here number one infrastructure is one of the best investments a government can make. I'm glad that there are some infrastructure investments coming out of the federal government. I am not in any way opposed to the concept of infrastructure bills. I am opposed to the concept of needing to raise money when you already have $3 trillion a year coming in. And number two, I don't have a problem with crypto being taxed. It is a part of the economy. It is only fair that there are taxes levied on cryptocurrency. I'm not saying that we should not have taxes on cryptocurrency. That is not what I'm saying. Pay your taxes, folks. I am definitely not for tax uh, tax evasion because there is is a place for the government, but we're going to talk about what that looks like. The draft language could mean a number of, sit- of individuals interacting with crypto may have to start reporting their transactions. 
A bipartisan infrastructure bill in Congress proposed to raise $28 billion from crypto investors by applying new information reporting requirements to exchanges and other parties. According to a draft copy of the bill shared with Coindesk, any broker that transfers any digital assets would need to file a return under a modified information reporting regime. The, da- uh, the draft defined digital assets as any digital representation of value recorded on a cryptographically secured distributed ledger or related technology, which Bitcoin is an example of. It also includes decentralized exchanges, otherwise known as DEXs and peer-to-peer marketplaces in its definition of brokers. A separate summary of the bill further clarified that cryptocurrencies are treated as a subsection of the broader digital assets umbrella. The provision includes updating the definition of broker to reflect the realities of how digital assets are acquired and traded. The document said, the provision further makes clear that broker-to-broker reporting applies to all transfers of uh, covered securities within the meaning of Section 60 government language. This could bring up to $30 billion billion in the bill's pay-fors, pay attention to that phrase, pay-fors, according to the fact sheet also shared with Coindesk. Additionally, digital assets are added to the current rules requiring businesses to report cash payments over $10,000. The crypto, and this is the point I want to put, this is what I want to point out really here. The crypto reporting requirements are among a list of 14 new pay-fors included in the bill, which also includes repurposing what I can't say, auctions, uh, super fund fees, fuel sales, and other sources of revenue. So, Let's go to full screen and discuss this. Number one, like I said, I have no problem with taxation on cryptocurrency. I think it is only fair that if there's going to be taxes in one section of the economy, it should be distributed and cryptocurrency is a part of the economy. We're under the rule of our governments. In this case, we're talking about the U.S. federal government. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is needing to look for 14 new ways to pay for an infrastructure bill when there's so much money already going into the coffers of our federal government. How much money have the federal government raised in taxes and how much money has the federal government raised through the biggest tax of all which is inflation people don't realize this but inflation is a form of a tax whenever you devalue two percent of the u.s dollar and you drive two percent inflation where does that value go i'll tell you where it goes to it goes to the people that are running the printing presses and the people at the fed who can literally type into a keyboard and send money to the central banks and send them to the 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 major um, national banks that's who gets that money that if you want to know where all of the money is going and why there is such a big distribution of wealth it's because the people that control the currency have the ability to devalue our currency and put what they devalued into their own pockets. You can't make dollars out of thin air. You can make dollars out of thin air. You can't make the value of the dollar out of thin air. Whenever you print more of it, that value has to come from somewhere. That is called inflation, and it steals from us because we don't have the ability to control the currency, and it goes into the hands of the people that do. The reason that I have a problem with this is not because they're trying to make sure cryptocurrency is taxed correctly. Whatever, that's fine. It's not because there's an investment in infrastructure. I think that's amazing. I think the government should invest in infrastructure with the money that they're using. That is a way that we can raise up people everywhere by making sure that we have good roads, clean water, electricity, plumbing, internet, all of that. That's fantastic. I have a problem with looking for 14 ways to raise new money when you've already got $3 trillion coming in. Why is the government not looking for 14 ways to cut costs in other places where there is inefficiency? I'm not saying cut costs in places where it's important, of course. I'm saying be more efficient with the money at hand. That might be a relatively political or um, 
uh, unpopular opinion, but I think it is very much in alignment with what we're looking at yeah. in cryptocurrency because the whole point of Bitcoin and the whole reason I'm talking about this is not to bash governments. It's to say that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are the avenue that we have to take power back from the people running the printing presses that don't have our best interests at heart. Tim, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, this is this is my thoughts. We've talked about this on the show before. Uh, if you have not read the book, The Bitcoin Standard, go read it. Yep. By Safadi and Amos. He explains why. Well, I'm, I'm not saying he's the only person ever. I'm sure there's other books that go into this as well. But uh, it is a great book that hits you, gives you a double whammy of why Bitcoin is so good. You know, also what is the problem with the current money situation the entire world is seeing. But he talks about the history of solid, sound, uh, hard money and the problem that came when we went off of it. And this is just part of it. This is this inflation, this extra taxation. What we are seeing, and then you're never going to hear any politician ever admit this, but what we are seeing is, oh no, we messed up. We mishandled our money. Let's raise taxes and print more money and get ourselves out of the problem. Forget what this will do to the next generation. Forget what this will even do to the current generation five years from now. If it suffices and puts the pacifier in the, the crying baby's mouth right now, we're all good. The problem with that is the more and more and more and more we do it, the harder it will be to get back to sound money. And and the thing is we need sound hard for money like Bitcoin or some other money that is fixed, that it is not is not inflationary, that it does not have one entity just controlling it day in and day out. The problem is is every single day that we don't have it and we move farther away from it by inflating the dollar and raising taxes, it's gonna get a little bit more painful to make that switch mm-hmm. over to solid money. Because right now we're just so used to like not only does the government disrespect the dollar? They're teaching every individual to d- disrespect the dollar. This incentive to go out and take loans for everything you do and then not pay it back, but then have loan forgiveness and have all the, you know, it's just one of these things is like literally, why no, no one in the entire world actually takes money seriously because at the end of the day, money at this point, because it is not backed by anything solid, is a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I'm seeing comments on here saying people like, oh, taxation is theft. That's not true. To, you know, to have a society that lives together and bands together, you have to have some form of taxes. Sure, of course. But the way taxes are being implemented, I could agree, is theft. I, I loved what we saw, was it two months ago? The bank in, in London that had someone, you know, hacked it and, and yeah. put it on the screen like, this taxation is theft, inflation is theft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is simply every time we do this, you know, the whole reason they inflate the dollar is to try to encourage uh, maybe those that are less fortunate to to give them more money to make them feel happy. But actually what you're doing every time you inflate the dollar is just devaluing the dollar. And yep. it, it literally said it's it's literally like putting a pacifier in the baby's mouth while you're taking everything away from the baby while the baby can't see. Yep. Uh, so that's my thoughts on it. You know, yep. uh, well said. Yeah. Smay, do you have any thoughts? You want to scream? I couldn't say them anyways. You can scream them. You can scream them. Taxation is the... No, I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you just got like 500 new fans. <laughs> they all... That, that, that's great. No, I... Uh, I don't know if I can say that. Okay, never mind. Okay. We try to dance very carefully around the political topics. This is one that has to do with cryptocurrency, so we're willing to talk about it. And I think yeah. it's a very popular opinion in cryptocurrency anyway, but... Well, even one more thought. I mean, okay, so we're a business here, right? Yep. We, every single day, have to look at our bank account and look at what's in it, what's not in it. And we have to make responsible decisions based mm-hmm. off of it. We can't just go around just willy-nilly making money. Mm-hmm. That's every business in the entire world 
why don't governments and central banks operate that way? You know the reason is because they have a military, so there's no competition. Was, absolutely, that, I, that's why. It was a, it was a, it was not a real question. No, no, I know, yeah. it was, I know, no, no, it was rhetorical. But I'm just saying <laughs> no, that absolutely. the reason that that happens is because there's no competition. I am an entrepreneur. Yeah. I am somebody who loves business. I love looking at numbers. I love building things. I love giving back to society. And I'm not saying that governments don't do that. Governments of the world do many great things for us. I, it would be very difficult for an for a corporation to go out and build roads. It's not profitable. There are places that the government is necessary. The question is, how are they operating, and are they operating in a way that has our best interest at heart, or are they operating in a way that might pacify us now because we're screaming about wanting more things and wanting more anything? At the expense of the currency that our entire civilization is built on, because that is the problem right now. The U.S. dollar underpins everything, and if you attack the U.S. dollar without putting something in its place like Bitcoin, you have a very big problem. And by the way, I'm not getting into the transaction debate. I understand Bitcoin has scalability concerns. That's not my point. My point is, if you attack the U.S. dollar and you devalue it, you put 500 million people around the world that use the U.S. dollar directly, and the rest of the people around the world whose nations have the U.S. dollar in their coffers as reserve currencies at risk because you can't build a society on nothing. It doesn't work. You know, even even moving further into kind of some of that stuff, you know, El Salvador, obviously the first country in the entire world to take that step towards making a cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, their uh, currency, making their, you know, their state currency. Here's the thing, you know, you've seen a lot of FUD out there discouraging it, saying they're going to have problems. The truth is there's a level of that FUD that is full out FUD, but there is a level that probably will be true. There are probably going to be some hiccups. There probably are going to be some difficulties, but like I just said, the longer you put off, the more severe that difficulty becomes. El Salvador might have some difficulties like right now or maybe in a year from now, but they will turn over and have a more solid and well-rounded economy sooner than potentially any other economy in the world, which I don't I don't I think El Salvador's not even big enough to ever threaten to be the number one no, Lord, e- no. economy in the world. But what are they ranked right now? Like are they even in the top hundred? I don't know. They're going to be. Like they're going to be, they're yeah, going to be ranked the, very the, highly. The only thing that I'll say to that that is going to be a threat to how El Salvador will mature because they have a much more sound, hard money than they did. The only thing that they're going to struggle with, not the only thing, but the main thing that they're going to struggle with is scalability and being able to have six million people transacting daily on a on a blockchain that can handle ten transactions per second. It's going to put a lot. It's going to be a great stress test, a real world stress test of the Lightning Network. Yeah, yeah. that's why I think. The best play, if you're a country, this is the SMEI playbook. SMEI playbook. Looking to get into Bitcoin, use it as a underpinning for your national currency. I think that's the way to do it. Yes, and I and I'm and I look. I think that that's probably the way that it's going to end up happening. Is that na- uh, national governments will be forced by their people to adopt Bitcoin as a, well. They won't even necessarily need to be forced to. They will, for economic reasons, uh, adopt Bitcoin as a reserve currency because it's going to be more sound, and it is more sound than the U.S. dollar. With that said, we have one super chat. Do we have uh, one we or two? We have two. two, of them. We have we two, of them. two. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we have one from Tony four twenty Tokyo Bowls saying, hopefully someday we're doing U.S. elections on Cardano. Yeah, so that's a topic that we could cover in the future is the topic of elections on um, blockchain, if you're interested, because digital elections are incredibly difficult. It, it's There's a lot to that, but maybe, that, maybe that's something that'll end up happening. 
Yeah. We also have one from Jessica Garcia. Yeah, Jessica Garcia said, Morning, guys. Why does the entire crypto market move together? When will when will the different projects that crypto start moving independently on their own? Also, coffee on me this morning. Coffee on you, my Thank friend. You, Thank Jessica. you. I am going to go to Starbucks after this and get myself an Ew. oat milk vanilla latte hot. I'm going to do that, and it's going to be because of you. Thank you very much. We have a theory for that. Cryptocurrency is very small right now. Bitcoin makes up over half of the market dominance, which means that it makes up over half of the uh, valuation in cryptocurrency. So naturally, the markets are going to move together. If there were 100 cryptocurrencies and they were all valued at $50 billion a piece and it was more evenly spread, then we would see more divergence. But because Bitcoin makes up, I'll check the number right now, but I'm sure it's over 50% right now, uh, market dominance. I'm sorry, it makes up 48.2%. Ethereum is 17.4% market dominance. I can show you right now on the chart. Uh, because of that, Bitcoin and Ethereum both collectively make up three quarters of the cryptocurrency market. So those two, ten Ethereum tends to follow Bitcoin because Bitcoin's top dog, and then everything else follows whatever the average of Bitcoin and Ethereum is. So because there's so much market dominance in Bitcoin right now, and there probably always will be, um, it's difficult for those altcoins to decouple, especially because so much of the value in cryptocurrency right now is still speculative based on future price movements, not so much based on current um use cases. Even, for example, most of Bitcoin's use case is speculative because the whole concept of store of value is speculating that it's going to store value into the future, right? So that's something to keep in mind is that much of the valuation in cryptocurrency is speculative. As some of these DeFi projects become much more mainstream adopted and uh, we start seeing more value coming from uh, actual economic activity, it will more than likely result in uh, higher uh, market dominance for some of these smaller cryptocurrencies. With that said, I want to move on with our story here talking about the government and its role in society. The Federal Reserve is planning to keep interest rates near zero and still sees inflation as transitionary. Let's read this. This is interesting. And by the way, a lot of people are saying that we're going to more than likely start going through deflation, there are very complex economic reasons why that is more than likely true for the next 12 months. That I am not an economist, I would be very poor at explaining, but I do agree that we're probably going to see somewhere around 12 months of deflation. The problem is, 12 months of deflation is actually a lot more dangerous than 12 months of inflation, and after that deflation comes, we should be expecting to see very bad inflation mm -hmm. as a result of all this printing. We can do some research and do an in-depth video on that in the future. I'm not promising anything, so we got a lot going on, but it is something that I'm aware of. But we're talking long-term here. There is inflation coming to the U.S. dollar whenever you're printing $120 billion a month. So let's read this. The U.S. Federal Reserve said Wednesday it would keep interest rates near zero and asset purchases at $120 billion a month. So you got to understand how the Federal Reserve prints money. Whenever people say the phrase print money, they're assuming that, um, and this is just a, this is something that's important for communication. We assume that whenever we say we're printing money, that they're running the printing press and there's $120 billion bills coming off in physical cash. That's not the way that works. The way that money enters the economy, new money enters the economy, is... I'm simplifying very much here, but it's essentially as simple as going in and typing in, okay, we are going to buy this many things. We're going to buy it with money that we just made. So now that money is somewhere. It's through the purchasing of government-backed bonds. It's through the interaction with central banks. It's through the interaction with the big banks. You can literally put liquidity into a bank simply by buying a made-up certificate like a bond and you put mm. valuation into the economy. $120 billion worth of that is happening every single month right now. Earlier in July, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told Congress the central bank is not comfortable with inflation well above 2% where it is now. But noted, <laughs> take a look at that, is not comfortable with inflation well above 2% where it is now. Interesting. But noted the price increased uh, increases in used vehicles, airline tip, uh, tickets, 
tickets and hotels seem to be temporary. That is flat out wrong, and Jerome Powell knows better. So I, I'm pretty sure that he is uh, at something there. Jerome Powell is the f- being the federal ch- the chairman of the Fed. He is a very, very intelligent person. He did not get there just by nepotism. I don't know everything in the world about Jerome Powell, but if he's the chairman of the Fed, he's got enough information to know that that's not true. Inflation has written because, and you want to know why it's not true, is because the amount of U.S. dollars in circulation has doubled. It's not going to stop when you double the amount of a currency. You've got to see the currency lose 50% of its value if you double the amount of currency in existence. That's just simple supply and demand economics. If you double the supply, you're going to drop the price in half. That's the way it works, and it's just something that he ought to know. Anyway, inflation has risen, largely reflect, reflecting transitionary factors, the Fed said in a statement after the conclusion of the two-day closed-door meeting. <laughs> closed-door, I love that. While pressure has been mounting for the central bank to taper its asset purchases, Powell has often reiterated that the bank's QE, quantitative easing, quantitative easing is the phrase for that $120 billion a month worth of printing, the theory in most economic circles over the last 20 years, ever since QE became a, a, uh, a tool that central banks started really using, is that if you inject money into the economy, then you will uh, stimulate economic activity because there's more money that can go around. People have more money to buy houses and take on loans and debt. And this comes from the Keynesian theory that the way that you measure the the productiveness of an economy is how fast is the currency changing hands. That's GDP. That's where the whole measurement of GDP comes from. Whole economic thing that we want to do, that we want to talk about more in the future, but that's the best I can do right now. Yeah, that's a whole, like... That could take up multiple streams. Yes, of course. QE discourages a flight to safety and lowers the yields on risk assets by lowering risk-free yields in other ways, said Stephen Kelly, a research associate at the Yale Program on Financial Stability, an initiative focused on understanding financial crises. Encouraging more risky borrowing has a positive effect on employment, Kelly added. This again comes from the theory from Keynes that the economy is stimulated whenever the the, the, the way that you measure um, economic productivity is by how much money is changing hands, not necessarily by how much investment is taking place. Read the read the Bitcoin standard. You'll understand the central bank also announced it has established two standing repurchase agreement repo facilities with a minimum bid rate at 25 uh, uh, basis points. This is something that we can skip over here. Um, we also review considerations. Yeah, so I think I've, I think I've said everything in this article that I want to. So we can go back to full screen. The takeaway here. You don't need to know all of the economic stuff I just talked about. You don't need to know how all this works. That's great. If you understood everything I just said, fantastic. If you didn't, here's the takeaway I want you to know. The M2 money supply, which is the one of the metrics that the government uses, and it is actually an accurate measurement. M1's been manipulated, but M2 is pretty accurate. It's a way of measuring the amount of money in the economy. It has nearly doubled in the last 18 months. I will show you that right now. Let me grab that. Uh, M2 stock from Fred, St. Louis Federal Reserve. I can show you this chart right here. Notice, ever since 1960, it has been going up quite a bit. Again, this is the money supply. Remember, when supply goes up, price goes down because there's less demand in relation to the supply. After the thing that shall not be named started, we went from 15,000. Again, I don't don't worry about the metric. Just look at the number. Went from 15,000 all the way up to 20,000. If we look at M3, which is something I can grab right here, which is another metric for measuring the U.S. dollar. M3 has gone from, zoom in here, from 15 
all the way up to 20. So M3 is measuring something very similar. But the point is, we have seen a money supply increase that is massive. And by the way, these numbers are not telling everything because there's still money. There's still $120 billion worth of quantitative easing going on every single month. There are still pushes to start building, uh, to start printing even more money to fund things like this $1 trillion infrastructure bill we just discussed. There is a massive amount of liquidity being pumped into the market and not in a healthy way. It's being created out of thin air. Every single one of those $5 trillion or more that we've seen over the last 18 months is devaluing the dollar. And the Fed wanting to print $120 billion a month is only exacerbating that. So whenever you hear people talk about deflation, know that there are very complicated economic reasons why that's probably going to happen. But also know, whenever you see money printing, followed by deflation, go and study the history books. It happened during the the Great Depression. The Great Depression should not have lasted eight or nine years. It should have lasted three and been a recession, not a depression. Whenever you see economic stimulus, excuse me, whenever you see a recession start, you start seeing printing, and then you start seeing deflation, it is a bad thing. It is not good for the economy, and it is not good for the currency that underpins the entire world economy. It's happened many times throughout history. When you debase a currency, you debase the entire society, and bad things happen. I am not being a doomsday sayer here. I am not saying the U.S. dollar is going to crash and burn and boom and bang. I'm not saying that the U.S. government is about to lose um, their hegemony over the world and the currency reserves. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this. Expect prices to go up. They might go. They're probably going to go up. They might go down first because of uh, infl- uh, deflation. They're more than likely going to go up. There's more than likely going to be a bigger drive towards buying Bitcoin by people that want to get out of this. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of professionals and business owners, and many of them are asking me as the resident crypto guy, hey, Jeb, is Bitcoin a good place to store my value because of inflation hardening? Yes, it absolutely is. If you're looking for a place to get out of this, buy Bitcoin. That's why Mm -hmm. it was built in the first place. It's going to lead to value flowing into Bitcoin in the next three, five years. As this inflation picks up, it goes parabolic. We've seen it happen on the chart. It is ramped up over the last 60 years. It's only going to start going faster. And it might not lead to hyperinflation this decade, next decade. It might never happen in the first place. But it will lead to inflation, sustained inflation, that they might say is necessary to building the economy. But it's not. It is a excuse to borrow from the future to pay for the now because we are not responsible with our finances that being said yeah do you have any thoughts on that tim no i mean i think you summed up really well i something i want to go back to this is more joking than anything else but you said transitionary instead of tra- okay so here's the did thing I? either way so people are i saw a couple comments saying oh trend transitory trans- he did say transitory my pad okay well, he said transitory. Transitory. Well, either way people are saying uh transition because i think you said transitionary this yeah. thing is not a word i transitionary I mean, is a word I, it is a word like, transitionary is a up. word like, transitionary is a word transitionary but, is absolutely uh, maybe a you word. read it wrong uh it is transitory yes excuse me no i i think you know I, so everything you said just kind of even echoing i think the biggest thing to take away from there is uh when you were talking about deflation, a lot of people were like, "Oh, hey, we inflated. Let's let's deflate. That'll be good." It's like, no, 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 like, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. That is not how that works. Uh, unfortunately, the deflation is the the deflation. Deflation can be a lot yeah. more damaging than yeah. inflation because our economy has been built on 150 years of inflation. We're used to it. When you start deflating a currency, you throw supply chains out of whack. You throw profit margins for businesses out of whack. You throw the ability to buy and sell goods out of whack. It it yeah. really messes with things. The best thing you can do is stop the inflation and leave. Leave it at zero. That's the best thing you could do, but that's not going to happen. But that's that's exactly what I was saying. I don't know what, what ten minutes ago about it, this is literally inflation is a pacifier to a crying baby. Yep. While you steal everything the baby has, I mean, it, it, it's that's what they're they're literally 
People are crying, oh, I don't have money, I can't pay my bills. Okay, we'll give you some extra money. Oh, but by the way, we'll raise the prices of everything else. Yep. And oh, by the way, the money we give you uh, isn't going to be worth anything here in like a couple weeks after we give it to you. It's it's just one of those things that's like, man, people do not, because the government doesn't respect money and because people haven't been educated, they don't respect money. Yep. When you don't respect money, the economy goes down. Uh, there are some super chats, though, we can get through. And we will, uh, let's see. Um... The first one, all right, for me, Jeffrey Fritz. He said this is for Tim. He said Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. All right, here's the thing, Jeffrey, and I've seen a couple other comments from Florida State. I love crypto, but my real passion probably is college football. I pay attention to it. I thought you were going to say my real passion is hating Florida State. <laughs> I mean, that falls with it. No, so I was about to those say. Those of you guys who watch the show, you guys know I'm also a Virginia Tech fan. So I, I, I'm Virginia Tech number one, Florida number two. We hate Florida State from both sides. Here is what I will say. <laughs> Florida State is potentially one of the worst run programs in the country. So I feel for you, Jeffrey. I feel for every <laughs> single one of you guys as a Seminole fan. I have friends who have been in there. I have talked hey, the to Cubs people. the Cubs won at, a World Series, man. It's, a, it's it, possible. <laughs> Florida State needs help, and it's not coming at this point. It's they not can, even funny. They can it's recruit five stars and four stars. and It it is even their basketball team which is good has problems like their athletic program is a mess so sorry Jeffrey uh, but no uh, crypto vet said here is coffee for the rest of the crew keep it up uh, thanks crypto vet yeah awesome guy go sub guys go subscribe to crypto vet's yes. channel he's a great guy yes once we figure out how to do live because he's here all the time so yeah. crypto vet once we figure out how to get people in here live I think we would Shnei love to bring you way. on yeah. we need to get you on the show we're almost there we'd love to get people on the yeah. show like that uh, no one from earth said hey Jeb I'm glad you're feeling better does this look like a relief rally also have y'all heard of the doge disco game I've not heard of the doge yeah. disco game but it does look like a relief rally to me if I know if you're saying what I think you're saying so yeah absolutely and we're going to talk some more about Cardano here in a second. We want to get through all these super chats first. Thank you guys, everybody who donates. By the way, it is actually helping to support the channel. Like, mm -hmm. it actually, our super chats make up around 5% of company revenue now, I think. So that's because of you guys. So thank you very much. It is helping to pay bills. It is helping to keep the lights on, keep this stream running. So thank you very much. It is very much appreciated. Bob. Bob coming in clutch again. Uh, $50. Wow. Thanks, Bob. On, Bob. Dang. All these Politicritters, Politicritters. It, Politicritters in government are like diapers and should be changed often for the same reason. <laughs> Taxation is theft and regulation regulations just handicap the free market. The Fed is a money laundering cartel for the elite. Uh, thank, thank you, Bob. I, you know, I, we agree. I know someone commented, they said, you know, watch what you say, especially about Powell or whatever, because I guess yeah. that has something to do. That, I don't know. We will. We We'll, we'll behave I'm talking ourselves. to ben, I'm talking to Ben today to figure out what happened yeah, there and make sure we're taking precautions. Yeah. Ben's channel is back though. I'll be back on tonight. All right, Greg, creepy Greg, Greg Gressy. Creepy Greg. I like your face. Oh, thank you, Greg. Greg works for us, by the way. <laughs> just need to clear yeah, that up. When everyone's wondering, like, do we have like hit? We we didn't have like hidden people just out here asking questions because yeah. I think people suspected Bob was. I wish you know, Bob's a yeah. great guy. Greg is an insider. Greg, Greg is an insider. And, Greg works for us, and he wins creepy uh, creepy super chat of the year. It's Gigolo Greg. That's his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Lou said, "Great explanation, Jeb. Shout out to the crypto vet in the house. We would love to see him on the show. We'd I love agree, it, Tommy. I agree. We'd love I that. agree one hundred percent. Absolutely. Good deal, guys. Well, let's chat one more real quick. From oh, let's do it. Matt C. Can it? Can Matt I have nothing to contribute today. Not enough sleep, but I can chip in for some lunch. Love you Let's guys. Go. Thank you very Love much, Matt. Love I, you, man. Can I expose? Can I expose this real quick? Okay, I'm scared. A lot of you guys send super chats saying that it's going to be for lunch. 
and you're going to pay for the crew. Smay has not once seen the benefit of this. He is flat out lying. Smay, you have say, been fired 20 times and you still have a job. Smay is lying because we got we got a $50 donation like three months, like Two month, two weeks ago, and I went and spent and bought pizza with it. One time, but and it was for you. They like sent hundreds of dollars for a dinner. We never went and got dinner because, because I had, we, yeah, don't say it. We're gonna get shut down. Hey, I had the thing. Hey, you <laughs> the could, thing. You gotta send me some money to DoorDash, okay? I was down bad. <laughs> Bruh, you get your own DoorDash. We pay you enough. Uh, oh, oh my gosh, gosh. Jinx. You owe me a you owe me dinner, Tim. <laughs> I just had to expose. I just had to expose. Exposed. Come on, get him a microphone, please. Smay literally has the most expensive microphone in this office, and it's not working. That that is a very expensive microphone, and Smay broke it. So yeah, it's Smay's uh -huh. fault. Now, but anyway, guys, we're gonna move on here to Cardano. By the way, we got like twenty five hundred people watching, and only like nine hundred likes. That's some slacking right there. I gotta be honest. Smash that like button. It helps to support the channel. We're very appreciative for everyone who's tuned in, and also subscribe because we got some really cool stuff to talk about. Over on Cardano, I want to show you what Lux Algo is saying really quickly because we've got a lot going on with Lux Algo. And by the way, we've had a lot of people sign up for Lux Algo lately and they're freaking loving it. It is a really useful indicator and people are getting a lot of value out of it. If you want to sign up for Lux Algo, you should, and I'm about to show you why. Lux Algo recently broke bullish above the Lux Algo. Cardano recently broke bullish above this downtrending level of resistance. We saw a very early sell signal come out of Lux Algo uh, here, and we saw on the 19th of May. There was a sell signal. Very profitable sell signal. You definitely should have listened to it. With this one sell signal alone, you would have made back any money you spent on Lux Algo. It is an investment. The money you put into Lux Algo, if you're a trader or an investor or a swing trader or anything, you're going to make that money back. It's so very useful. I use it for that reason. Anyway, for the last time, uh, for the first time in the last three months, we have seen a buy signal. Three days ago, we saw a buy signal on Lux Algo. On the exact same day, we broke this downtrending level of resistance. You want to talk about convergence of support and resistance or convergence of technical indicators and breakouts and whatnot? That is a good example. So very good thing there. We've seen that. We've also, however, seen excuse me, that TD Sequential showed that we bottomed out here uh, on the 20th and the 21st of July. Did the same thing on Bitcoin and Ethereum. We have now been rallying to the upside for eight days. I personally think that Cardano needs to trade sideways for a little bit longer, but I don't think it needs to quite as badly as Ethereum does. Cardano has not rallied quite as far as Ethereum, but in the same way as Ethereum, it is in a symmetrical triangle pattern. A lot of what we're talking about here, that's a negative one on our best practices right there for letting my phone go off, I'm sorry. Man. What we've seen on Ethereum is very much the same for, uh, for ADA. It is in a symmetrical triangle pattern. It's in an uptrend. We want to see it break to the upside, and we think we are going to see it break to the upside, but that's yet to be determined. I believe that Cardano will break up, but it has a couple of things holding it back the same way that Ethereum does. One thing to bring to your attention is this. Cardano here was in a descending triangle pattern with a descending uh, level of resistance right there and a flat level of support right here is constituted by about a billion touches on $1. This suggested that Cardano would break south and start going below a dollar. In the same way that we expected that Bitcoin would start breaking down towards $25,000, $26,000. Didn't happen as a result of a bunch of different news and a billion dollar short squeeze on Bitcoin and news coming out about EIP-1559 and a plethora of other things. We've now seen an uptrend start in the market. The question on the table is can it continue? Can can we continue this rally for Cardano up above its current resistance at $1.35? That's what everybody is wanting to know. That is the major level of resistance right now, by the way, $1.35. Over the last 
six months that we've been up here, we have used a dollar and thirty-five to a dollar and forty-five cents as a support and resistance over and over and over again. And for that reason, it is an important level. If we're able to break this by breaking north out of the symmetrical triangle pattern in the same way we did with Ethereum earlier, or the same way we said we wanted to with Ethereum earlier, then our level of resistance to beat goes from a dollar and thirty-five cents to a dollar and forty-five cents. The reason that a dollar and forty-five cents is so important is because just like a dollar thirty-five, it has been a major level of resistance that the market has used time and time again in the last six months ever since we broke above a dollar for the first time. If we break north out of this symmetrical triangle pattern, we're looking at a price target up around $1.45. We want to see a theory, we want to see Cardano break a dollar and forty-five, and here's why. Whenever you're in an uptrend, you see higher highs and higher lows. This is what's known as an uptrend, and we know it's an uptrend because of these higher highs and higher lows. Whenever we see a downtrend, we see lower highs and lower lows. We know it's a downtrend because of the lower highs and lower lows. Right now, just like Ethereum, Cardano is trading sideways because we're seeing similar highs and similar lows. In fact, you could argue that based on the fact that this is a wick and we haven't hit $1.45 yet, we're still in a downtrend because we have lower highs right here and lower lows right here. We want to see Cardano, just like Bitcoin and Ethereum, break above $1.45, set a new higher high, then we can set a higher low, maybe somewhere over around $1.35 to $1.45, come down, and then we would be in a defined uptrend. One high, two high, one low, two low, and they're both higher than the past. That's what we want to see happen on Cardano. So what do the technicals say? Does it look like that's what's going to happen? I think so. We've seen the buy signal on Lux Algo. Here on the four-hourly chart, we've also seen a buy signal, which is currently in sell, but that's okay because we are moving sideways. So this is actually a good signal saying, hey, don't buy yet. We want to wait for the breakout. But if we do start to see a breakout here and we start to see volume come back in a big way and we stay above the 24-hourly exponential moving average and we stay... Um, above the 20 daily exponential moving average like we can right here, there is a very strong argument to be made that we're going to break up to $1.35. We'll test it as resistance. We'll need to break through it, and then we'll go to $1.45. So predictions on Ethereum and Cardano. We can go to full screen, and this will be the last of the points we want to make in the stream. On Ethereum, I'm expecting we're going to break north and start rallying up towards that $25, $26, $2,700 region. On Cardano, I think we're going to break north, and we're going to start rallying up to $1.35, we're going to test it as resistance. Then, if Bitcoin and Ethereum play nice and they're rallying too, Cardano will break $1.35 and start heading towards $1.45. That's what I'm seeing happen right now, taking into account all of the factors on the table. Of course, guys, technical analysis is not perfect. I am not a soothsayer. I cannot see into the future. I don't have a crystal ball or a time machine. But what I do have is technical analysis, which is the best tool that we have to predict the future based on what has already happened. Technical analysis is the art of extrapolating previous uh, market data and trends and using that to predict what will happen in the future. If you want to learn more about technical analysis, make sure to check out the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. Drop a one in chat if you're a CT2A alumni and you're loving every minute of it. we got some more updates coming out to that pretty soon. And also, if you haven't already signed up for Lux Algo, I just showed you why you should. The signals are fantastic. They're phenomenal. We have a video in CT2A detailing exactly how you can use Lux Algo to your advantage, so make sure to check that out. The links are both in the description box down below. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout on Lux Algo. With that said, let's look at chat. What do we got going on in chat? Yeah, I'm conversing with Matt C. Matt C is also a, a college football fan. For those of you who are college football fans, I know that some of you guys are not, but uh, is 
There's going to be some crazy things happening over Roll the next tide. 10 years in college football. Roll Tide, Alabama. Roll tide. I mean, that's what you're talking about. The SEC Super Conference, Roll most tide. likely. You know, it looks like Texas and Oklahoma are coming over. Roll there's tide. a chance that Clemson and maybe some of those other ACC schools. It would make no sense. If, I know there's a rumor that they're going to go after Ohio State and Michigan. At that point, you do have to change the name of the conference. Uh, you know, uh, what, Missouri, Missouri's going, already The SEC is going after Michigan? And, and Ohio State. What? Well, there's a rumor. A rumor. Again. The East Coast it, Conference. Like, like the Amazon it's gonna, rumors. It's going to be know? the EC instead of the SEC. It's going to be new college football. Like they're going to, yeah. they're just going to eliminate the NCAA. Is what's going, to, and that's no. that's a potential on the table. Is that the NCAA, which again, another centralized system that Garbage tells people what to do. <laughs> Garbage organization. Dang. Uh, Smay out here spitting roast. NCAA has done a lot to build things, but they're yeah they yeah, they've also been a pain in the butt. Students again. A lot of lot of pain in the butt. So it, it's a really interesting thing. Uh, you know we have I think some other super chats. I think that we did not talk about real quick. Give me just a second. Um, all right, we got one from Christopher LaRoe saying, uh, this is for Smay's lunch, $4.99. Uh, <laughs> you get like half a sub yeah, because of inflation. You. We got you, Smay. You remember the $5? Here's a good example of inflation, guys. You remember you remember the $5 footlong? What How much now? does a footlong cost now? Se- what, seven bucks? Nine bucks. Nine bucks? That's inflation. Can I? No, no, no. Let me tell you the worst offender. <laughs> I was looking at turtles for an office turtle, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> inflation is hitting the turtles, turtles guys. Two years, ago, two years ago, I bought my turtles, right? Now to buy a turtle, it's like twice the price, guys. Guys, the turtles are being affected. That's why we need Bitcoin. Smash the like button turtles for Bitcoin. The turtles are being inflated, guys. <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> Conserve the turtles. Last one. Last one. Uh, that was good. Crypto Challenger 392 said, I love the show. You guys are hilarious. Can you use some TA on Frontier? I don't think we can do a full out uh, thing, but just so, give you some. Uh, you guys can't see my screen. I wish you could. We'll get that fixed soon. Uh, but Frontier is doing something semi similar to what Ethereum's doing. It looks like there it's an uglier W, but there's a W forming. There's also a, a bull pennant forming, so consequently if it happens perfectly, which it probably won't, it doesn't usually happen perfectly, but if it plays out this bull, bull pennant, it could get as high as a dollar three cents, potentially even four cents. That's what, you know, quick quick, quick, quick TA right there for you guys. Um, RSI looks good. It is currently bearish in the MACD, but it's in a place where it looks like it could cross because it is, again, in a pennant, <laughs> just like Ethereum. Uh, oh, my gosh. You guys are reading chat. All right. Um, you said just buy half a turtle. That is, I think, all. Oh, wow. That would be rough. That would be shell. rough. Just the shell. Oh, my yeah, god. That's all I have. I, I, think, I think that's it from Teenage Super Mutant Chats. Bitcoin Turtles. Yeah. What does the turtle TA say today, Smay? That would rhymed like crazy. Uh, well, in order to give a turtle TA breakdown, can you point the mic towards me? I can do that. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Oh, double energy. You got double of them. You have two. All right, guys. So the turtles are looking pretty bullish today. They're looking like they're swimming. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> nice. Oh <laughs> it looks good to know. We oh got we gosh. got the carapace TA coming in. Good deal, uh, guys. That's all I really got for you. If you enjoyed today's show, smash that like button and also consider subscribing. We are less than a month away from moving into our new studio. Probably gonna be a bumpy week when I, we're moving in, but I am looking forward to it. I'm just gonna say I'm very proud of this audience. I don't really think we we didn't ask them to hit the like button that much. Yeah, no, at we got all. some good and likes. We got 1.1. We're okay. What we Woo. didn't ask that much, and and you guys can definitely do is. 
Subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. Hit the share button. Yeah, Hit the share bell. the video with someone I, you know. I know some people have complained in the past, and this is, I don't know why, this is a YouTube thing, but like some people are like, man, I don't, I didn't get notified that you guys were live until like noon. Uh, one way you can get help that is by hitting that bell. Uh, yeah, hit that know, bell button. Make sure you get everything uh, yeah. right on time. We just had one more super chat come in from Chris Moe saying, thanks for being the soundtrack of my morning run every day. Yes, sir. Wow, he runs to this. Wow. Good deal. Chris, you are a beast. You're a beast. If you ever need copywriting services, get at me. Let's go. Good to know, Chris. To know, That's Chris. awesome. That's awesome. Good deal, guys. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Why? Because we value integrity and humility, which is very rare in media, and we want to make sure that that is something that we are always serving you guys with. That's what we're here to do, not to serve ourselves, but to serve you. We want to make sure that you get the best, highest quality educational and informational content possible at 100 miles an hour, as some people say about the way I speak. It is getting cold in this office. Have you noticed that, Tim? You're wearing a jacket. I like it. I Yeah, but you're... Well, yeah, I but, always wear a jacket because this office usually gets cold because of all the computers. But, that's true. Yeah. Wait, it gets cold because of the computers? No, no, no. It gets cold. We keep it so cold because We keep because it cold because of the computers. Usually by the end of the show, it warms up This a is lot. literally, by the way, a 110-square-foot yeah. office. Yeah. This is a, a small private office that we're in right now. We're about to finally have a nice set where you know we yeah. can spread oh. out a little bit. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Let's we do it. it. We just had hey, a super chat. Crypto, super chat. crypto challenger. Message me. Message me. <laughs> on message Twitter. me. Message me on Twitter. Send a support email. I need to get in contact. They, is it? Is it not so hookups on reptiles and turtles. Is it? No, like, not like that. That sounds sketchy. He's like running turtles or something. I, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I will say, if you are trying to sell me wild caught animals, do not message me. But I will buy captive. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me. I don't. I don't support that. Yeah. Oh my god. Guys, I'm gonna actually wrap it out. This has been like the fifth time I've tried, but that's Sorry, okay. Yeah, Before we go though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching and bearing with our antics as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.